conversations that you connect with and react to. SAFM. 24 minutes after 3 o'clock, we're in conversation next with Professor Patrick Bond, political economist and also Professor of Sociology at the University of Johannesburg. President Cyril Ramaphosa has once again called for the African Union to be made a permanent member of the G20. The President was speaking during the working session of the Food and Energy Security at the G20 Leaders Summit, which is currently underway in Bali in Indonesia. Joining us now to share his thoughts and the significance of the G20 Leaders Summit is is Professor Patrick Bond. Bond, a prof, good afternoon and thank you so much for making time for us. Do you think that this is a call that um, the G20 would respond positively to? Well, it's very good of you to have the Alton and uh, greetings to listeners. I think the uh, bravery of President Ramaphosa to suggest that the G20, which is the rich and uh, leading middle uh, powers uh, in economic terms, could uh, easily uh, um, have a, a, an African representative from uh, some of the world's poorest countries. And I'm hoping it's not uh, tokenistic or a gimmick, but it actually would represent for President Ramaphosa a desire to, to present a, a genuine front when there are so many areas where South Africa's interests are actually in opposition. Uh, the World Trade Organization, uh, in the Climate Summit, in all sorts mm. of ways we, we often see South Africa not in unity with the rest of Africa. And this is very welcome to, to at least try. And if it's um, serious and if uh, he has actually the support of the Indonesian host, maybe next year, uh, Narendra Modi, the uh, G20 host in 2023. And if the BRICS is to be held here, well, there may be more cloth than we had uh, originally expected. Mm. So, so, so what purpose with the African Union being a permanent member of the G20, sir? But, um, there's always a sort of a show and tell in which African leaders come to both uh, G7, as President Ramaphosa did, uh, along with uh, Matthew Saul, the Senegalese leader uh, in uh, Germany this year, but also to the G20, the uh, only African country, of course, is South Africa, and to actually have um, a prominent uh, voice uh, at the table. Uh, this year, again, it's Mickey Saul and also another uh, African uh, attending is the African Union Development Agency leader, who's the Rwandan president, uh, uh, Paul Kagame. And if there were more Africans, you'd figure that there would be a little more pressure to actually have the global scale mm. solutions we need on climate, on COVID-19 vaccines, which we really didn't get in the WTO this year, and on uh, economic justice, which is the prevailing problem that has gotten so much worse with the pandemic and all of the economic activities that uh, really uh, surround us, including this geopolitical problem, the sanctions on Russia that then lead to energy crises, food crises here in the continent. Mm-hmm. I wonder then, so if, for instance, the African Union is made a permanent member of the G20, um, whose interests would the African Union be serving, considering as well that um, here we have a the continent having the most number of countries on the continent, and we know that our continent is very, very diverse, and diverse views and interest as well. Um, how would the African Union be approaching the African um, concerns and also what it is that African countries would like to achieve, considering all of this diversity that the continent has. Yes, that's exactly the dilemma. That the diversity includes a, a general complaint that the dictators often are still right at the helm of these major institutions, mm. uh, whether they're regional uh, institutions like SADC or or the AU, and, and we really haven't seen um, a big uh, let's say push forward towards uh, democratic or progressive. 
uh, you know, the sort of vision that, for example, in Kazakhstan in New Zealand, when she was the main commissioner, she was trying to push in, in the uh, vision 2063. And I think those are the sorts of uh, dilemmas that we'll always uh, face, not simply in the African Union, the European Union mm-hmm. is full of the uh, kind of uh, upward gazing elites, and they don't uh, particularly serve the interests of the ordinary European citizen. Look, the, the dilemma is we haven't yet got the pressure on these elites to have multilateral uh, solutions, whether it's the uh, World Bank and IMF, which really aren't reforming, or uh, the climate conference that's clearly underway with the, the, the big powers, the big polluters, which now includes China very much, they refuse to pay the climate debt, right? They don't recognize yeah. liability for the emissions. And I think an African voice has got to continue to, to put that very uh, strongly. And to some extent, in these multilateral settings, uh, President Ramaphosa does quite a good job, for example, to get uh, intellectual property waivers off of COVID vaccines. He tried, you know, at least some of hard, but yeah. accepted a very weak deal in, in June in WTO. And right now, for instance, the G20 facing a, a little hurdle. Some would call it a little, but others would say it's a huge hurdle. And that is on the communique that needs to go out with the plurality of views on, for instance, Russia and Russia's invasion of uh, in, 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 in Ukraine. How do you see that particular communique playing out? Um, and also considering that um, Vladimir Putin is absent. Well, and it's going to be very blunt. Uh, often the rhetorical gestures that are made in these G20 or the G7 this year or the BRICS, you can't really trust them. In fact, there was a little study of uh, who's uh, abiding by these even bland uh, resolutions. South Africa comes out worst, unfortunately. I would say this is one of those moments where if we have both um, a geopolitical crisis of the magnitude of uh, Russia's invasion of Ukraine and South Africa finds it difficult to even call for withdrawal of the troops. The initial position was a big U-turn, you remember, after an AMC donation from a, a big Russian oligarch, <laughs> suspiciously timed. But I think there, plus the economic uh, fractures in which we're seeing uh, with the sanctions against Russia, um, Russia plus China doing much more trade in their own currencies and trying to bring in the BRICS. And that, I think, is actually going to build up. Uh, to uh, quite an important event when South Africa hosts the BRICS. We might even see U.S. allies, Saudi Arabia and Egypt, actually move along with Iran, Saudi Arabia's main enemy there, along with Argentina, Indonesia, Algeria, some other countries, into an expanded BRICS. And that would give South Africa a great deal more leverage to say, hey, well, let's bring in other Africans. I think that would be quite welcome. Thank you so much for your time. Professor Patrick Bond, political economist and also professor of sociology at the University of Johannesburg. It's off past three. Time for the news headlines.